What's up, podcasts and kittens? It's me. Oh, it's me, that M A double T. Joined as always. Oh, God. By the one and only Lex yeah. Lutz. Hey, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> this, of course, is Lex and Matt's excellent adventure. We're always happy when you join us here. Thank you for listening. Oh, yeah, I was supposed to say something, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah but... Thank you for listening, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of on me. It had end-of-episode energy, so... Yeah, I yeah. like. I don't I don't, I don't. don't know what to say. Yeah, thank you. We <laughs> appreciate it. Thanks for listening. All right, bye! That's it. That's all we got. <laughs> the mini-episode is super long, and the regular episode is, like, super yeah, short. Yeah, just a couple minutes. That's a good idea. Let's we'll see that. Man, yeah. so it's it's been an, it's been an eventful couple of weeks we had some notes yeah. that we put in there uh from last time around i love when you share notes with me and like it's just something that you want to make note of so you don't necessarily oh. like give me all the details because it gives me a chance to look at the url and try to figure out what it's about right but oh yeah anything that <laughs> i just find of interest i will I, that's what we do with our notes we have shared notes we don't have our individual notes we have a shared like google notes and we just add shit to it. <laughs> just throw things in there. Um, news and whatnot. So, or a lot of times it's our, uh, you know, like wall of weird and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one was you. Okay, so. I just love that there's a there's a URL in here. And I don't know which one of us put it in there, but it's just like bbc.com slash news slash business. Like, oh yeah, that gives me okay. nothing. I got nothing okay. off. Of so that. this is kind of a wall of weird, and that's the one I'm going to talk about. So it's it's wall of weird adjacent. I'll let you guys decide if this is a wall of weird and if we're doing a wall of weird segment early in the show. Mm. But it could just be a a, a general uh, what? Huh? Um. So Emirates. For those who don't know, Emirates is an airline. Like, it's a very high-class, apparently, airline. I've never flown it. Neither have I. Too expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they had, like, Jennifer Aniston or some, like, big movie star be their, you know, spokesperson years ago to, like, promote it. And they're, they're like, the, the type of airplanes you see in movies where, like, they have the deluxe area. Like, they have a little bar. They have, all, like, it's it's that kind of uh, travel experience, apparently. I don't know anyone who's ever flown it either. I just know it exists. Yeah, same. So, uh, um, so they're, they're talking, so obviously airlines are struggling. Um, I just read today that Virgin Atlantic or Virgin Airlines is closing. Like they're done. Mm. Um, so a lot of the airlines are struggling. So Emirates has decided they're going to try to get people to fly again. And how are they doing that? Yeah. So Emirates is going to give people uh, free COVID-19 insurance oh, for flying. Free. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so they'll cover your medical treatment, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. your hotel quarantine, mm. and your funeral Okay, yeah, this is what yeah. we Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's why I was like, I don't know. Okay. So, yeah, they are... Um, 
It says, we know people are, this is not the onion. We know people are yearning to fly as borders around the world gradually reopen, mm. but they are seeking flexibility and assurance should something unforeseen happen during their travel. You mean very foreseen because this disease is terrible? <laughs> uh, yeah. So Emirates is the world's uh, biggest long-haul carrier. It's said to offer valid for 31 days from the start of the passenger's journey and will be available immediately and run until the end of October. The coverage is free to all customers regardless of class of travel or destination. It is applied automatically, so there's no need to register. They have... um, $176,000 $176,000 worth of medical expenses is what they're going to cover. Mm. And two weeks of a hotel at 100 euros a day. I don't know how much that is. Like, what that trans? No, I've, yeah. I've never had to yeah. do that math before, so I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> In the event of a passenger's death due to COVID 19, they will provide 1,500 euros towards the cost of their funeral. Wow. Yeah. That's so morbid. If you, want, if you want your funeral covered by and that's BBC article, if you want your funeral covered, uh and medical expenses. By the way, it might be cheaper to buy an Emirates ticket than to buy health insurance in this country. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Get them to cover your health insurance. Yeah. That to me was just I, and I was like it, it seems like wall of weird but it also just seems like a general like what is 2020 what are we doing what's happening when, when your airline will will cover your your funeral for you that is definitely wall of weird we should not normalize this behavior but I will say this your move Turkish Airlines what do you got <laughs> what do you got Southwest you cut <laughs> out peanuts that's not enough <laughs> Southwest, at the very least, will just roll you off the plane. So that's yeah. that's cool, I guess. <laughs> they're like they're the Frank Reynolds of "It's Always Sunny." Just throw me in the trash. <laughs> Bury me at sea. Just dump you off the plane. I just feel like flush Southwest you out. is going to be one of the airlines that doesn't get people killed though, because they're actually doing the distancing and they're mandating masks, even though you're not legally like supposed to mandate masks right well, now. I got, I got bad news for you. They're yeah. actually easing up on their cleaning practices now it's for Southwest some reason. Is? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I heard the news story today. They're going to be. I'm not flying until we get a fucking vaccine. Nope. I, it's not oh. worth it. It is not worth it. I understand that people are, are in situations where they have to get home. There's an emergency or something yeah, like that. That doesn't count. We're not talking about that. that We're talking about count. voluntary travel. That's the same as you're an essential worker going to work. Like, that doesn't count. Right. You know? Right. So I, I totally understand if you have to get on an airplane, but if you don't, if you're just going to blow off some steam somewhere because flights are cheap, think again. Please, please try to avoid that as much as possible. It's just not worth it. It's not worth yeah. your health. You know? I know some I, I formally know some people who do that shit. So There you go. You know? Uh you hate to you hate to see it. Herman Cain is a perfect example. I mean no one is above this. No one is beyond feeling the effects of this. You may think that because you believe you're too good or altruistic or that you know science more than scientists and doctors somehow, that you're above catching this disease that has killed hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah, no, you're not. No, you're definitely not. Yeah. 
So you are ruling that as a wall of weird. Uh, correct? Definitely. Definitely. Okay. Because so then this, we're just gonna yeah. do, we're, fuck it. We're, fuck it. 2020. Fuck it. We're just doing <laughs> all of wall of weird in the beginning, guys. That's right. Guys, we're just throwing this shit out there. Come on. NPR article. <laughs> Next NPR up. article. Emus have been banned for bad behavior. Oh, no. <laughs> Two emus, siblings Kevin and Carol, are now banned from a hotel in a tiny town in Australia's outback. <laughs> I'm sorry, who and Carol? Kevin and Carol. Okay. Kevin and Carol. That's how you have to pronounce it. <laughs> Raised by animal rescuer, the birds are usually a friendly and wide-eyed source of entertainment, but then the emus learned how to climb stairs. Fuck. No. No. The new the new skill gave the birds access to the pub <laughs> of the Yukara Yuraka Hotel in Queensland. This is like a very Australian version of Jurassic Park. When yep. the raptors Once, learn to use the doorknobs. Yep. Once inside, um, they unleashed a long-legged brand of chaos. They snatched toast and french fries away from customers. One of the birds even went behind the bar. A stern response was required. Emus have been banned from this establishment for bad behavior. A sign now says at the stairs leading up to the hotel, the hotel's pub. Quick note. For the next show that I that I host, that I have to introduce a burlesque performer, um, I'm definitely going to use unleashing a long legged brand of chaos. <laughs> yes, that's a wonderful line. I'm I'm totally stealing that. <laughs> Thank <Yeah>. you, NPR. <laughs> the message asks any human visitors to replace the quote emu barrier when they enter. <laughs> <laughs> we put up a, we put the sign up but we're not quite sure whether they're able to read or not i the mean hell co-owner they learned how to use stairs i mean what else come on they're probably standing outside in a trench coat and hat trying to get people to sneak them in now yeah so we've put a bar across there as well <laughs> the emus have been popular with visitors they learn uh posing <laughs> they've learned that posing for photos means a reward of a quick snack uh, guys, I do the same thing. If you offer me grain or something, I'll take a picture with you if you see me. <laughs> see, my, my rates are a little higher. I at least need a bag of Cheetos if you're going to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, no, I, I'm, no. I'm with you. Yeah. So, what what can't emus do? First, you know, they're selling you insurance, and now they're breaking mm-hmm. into pubs in Australia. You know, it's. Wow. Uh, it is not safe to get between an emu and food. They have sh- <laughs> Same. They have a sharp, strong beak. And their long neck can suck up food like a high-powered vacuum cleaner. <laughs> Girl, same. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. This this just keeps on giving. Another concern is the emus are startled. The large birds would likely run fast. When frightened, the animals do have a tendency, Chris Gimblet <laughs> says, to do a forward sprint whilst looking behind them at the source of their fright and having help people and objects. That happened to be in their blind forward run. Yep. <laughs> and this, I love this Leanne Byrne. Uh, she's a uh, Yuraka resident mm. um, who who raised Kevin and Carol. Mm. She says, we didn't think they could climb stairs. <laughs> <laughs> that's her That's her explanation for it. Well, she just didn't think they could do it. <laughs> well, I just didn't think. Man, all right, so. You, just to stick with the theme here, when I saw the URL, I thought someone named Kevin and Carol were banned from an Outback Steakhouse. 
I like, mean, technically. Why is, why is this that, weird? That's technically true. <laughs> like Kevin and Carol were banned from a pub in Australia. Yeah, yeah. And what is Outback Steakhouse if not an Australian a eatery pub? pub. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was written by Bill Chap- Chapel. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, wonderful article, hilarious NPR. This is what we need at NPR. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yes, that is. Th- those are the articles we need during yeah. this time. Yeah. I did Wall of Weird early this week, guys, because nothing matters. We're in the upside down. Everything's been fucked since March. We're done. That's Bye. right. Yeah. That's right. So might as well have a, a clearance. Everything must go. All the good stuff must go. Mm-hmm. Who knows how long we got left? Who knows if you'll have time to listen to this whole episode? So the goods come at the very beginning. Yep, they're launching the nukes now. Look up. Bye. <laughs> yeah, that's why we did the outro at the very I hope beginning. that's the last thing you hear. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to echo through the world. Mama's in a dark place, sweet chili oh, babies. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Speaking of the dark place, the LA Times writes, TV Network's pledge to improve diversity in 1999. Will this time be any different? 1999, you said? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, apparently, uh, you know, with with everything going on right now, with all the the social justice movement happening and the the performative uh, social justice as I... Hold on, I'm going to write this down. This is a corporate email we're going to send out to all of the listeners. So, (laughs) during these difficult times. In these trying times. Yeah. (laughs) We want you to know that we... Have your best interests at heart here at Likes of Matt's Excellent Adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're with you 100% every step of the way. We're cause... alone together, guys. <laughs> may, cause, may cause side effects, including swelling, runny nose. Wait, no, that's a different. Nothing okay. can distance our hearts, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, uh, you know, with our conversation about uh, the Wonder Years on the last episode and the, and the reboot they're doing, um, there's going to be a movement apparently uh, for networks to start airing more shows starring, uh, you know, black actors. So mm-hmm. uh, apparently, back in 1999, there was a, a call for this as well, which didn't go quite that well. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there've been a lot of great uh, shows over the years that have starred uh, black actors and actresses. You know, in fact, today. Uh, we were watching VH1 for a little while, and uh, it just so happened because you know you just turn to whatever when you're trying to mm-hmm. work. Uh, yeah, yeah. There I'm was back to back episodes of The Fresh Prince, and I was like, oh man, oh, yeah. this used to be so good just watching Fresh Prince marathons, you know. And then yeah. uh, after that, a back to back episode of Living Single. It's like, oh man, this is so good. It was so good that I was upset. When they went to another show after that, I want to see more mm-hmm. Living Single, and I found out that I can watch it through Hulu, so I'm very happy yeah. about that. You know, that that's kind of the beauty of old-school cable, though. Like, you just had a couple of ep- you had a block, mm-hmm. you had a couple episodes, and there's something kind of nice about that in a background show type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Where it's just like, okay, and but a lot of them now, they're trying to do, like, streaming, so they just show the same show all day or whatever. And it's like, eh, it's not the same. Give me, give me like two hours of Fresh Prince, and then this, and then yeah, yeah. Make it feel like a sick day. But you know, these these networks are scrambling 
to uh, show solidarity yeah. with the Black Lives Matter movement now because they they can see uh, money on the table, basically. I mean, right. I want to say it's altruistic, but come on. We we all know. It's just, hey, this is the this is the, the popular thing right now. And yeah. they can they can risk, you know, doing something like this. If if they see money in it, fine, whatever. Do it for whatever reason you want to do. Let's make sure they do it right. So right. Um, a lot of parties, <clears throat> including the NCAA, uh, and I'm sorry, the NAACP, are... Uh, <laughs> I'm only going to say shit. I'm bad at acronyms sometimes, guys. i got to be honest with you. Yeah. The president of the NAACP um, wants to see more uh, than just lip service on television. And, you know, I, I hope so, too. I mean, we've we've got a lot of shows on TV right now that are doing a great job, but there's always room for improvement. So I'm glad these conversations are happening, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. Um, but I think that that question of will will there be follow through is true for every movement ever. Like it's this current version or iteration of this movement true for the me too movement you know like all of that i i mean i understand that question but there is it's it's also it's there's so much cynicism god yeah. damn it yeah I, I mean our culture is just drenched with cynicism and i really want some sliver of optimism back it's it's because it's not just you know and maybe it comes from like our political state you know from the the head down kind of thing like you know it, this the per, the person at the top is a cynic and um you know fans the flames of cynicism but like it's our art it's our movies our you know our tv shows everything it's all really really dark right now yeah and and so it doesn't surprise me that people go nothing will change you hear that all the time in reference to you know what are they doing nothing's going to change i'm like but things have changed in the past. Like, like we are, we're not the same. Yes, some things have remained, unfortunately. But sitting there going, nothing will ever change. Do you? Re- do people really believe that? Like, it's not that. It's the same thing when people talk about people can't change. They see people can't change. No, no, no. That's not true. People can change, and they do change every single day. Yeah. But here's the thing. You have to work really fucking hard to change because we all get set in our ways. And most people don't want to work that hard on it, yeah. on themselves, on making their lives better or whatever. You have to make the decision and then keep making that decision and keep choosing to do that. So, it, you know, it's like alcoholism or whatever, like where you have to keep sobriety up. If you want to change things, you have to keep up on that path of change. Yeah. It's hard work. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it reminds me of a, a video I saw today. There's a, a gentleman who was walking around his neighborhood was with his baby girl, with his baby daughter. And mm-hmm. he was talking about the change in um, the way that, that, that black men are expected to act from generation to generation. Like, mm-hmm. he basically made a, a really good point. He was like, you know, in, in the previous generations, it seemed like, or at least the previous two generations, it seemed like being um, excessively masculine was 
the 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 way of the world you know yeah. the way of the way of the black man at the time it's just like look you know you don't show feeling you don't show emotion you just keep on doing what you're doing you do your job you come home you raise your family and that's it that's how you live your life and he said yeah. there's just so much intricacy now with everything that's going on in this world and everything that you see going on right now it's like People want to be good fathers. They want to. They want to yeah. raise their kids right. They want to be sympathetic. They want to be empathetic. They want to give their their kids good moral standing. So he was like, he said something that really stuck with me too. He's just saying that, uh, you know, you have to do some real deep soul searching before you can be the type of parent that you mm -hmm. want to be. Yeah. When you say you want to be there for your children, he's like, you know, all the stuff that you see me doing the viral videos and stuff, that's just a small percentage of it. You have to put in work. Yeah. And that the work is going back to the people that were around when you were coming up and finding mm -hmm. out why you are the way you are. Yeah. Talking to somebody, reaching out to a professional and trying to find out how to be a better version of who you are. And it yeah. was just refreshing to hear him say something like that because it's all true. And it's stuff that you and I talk about all the time. But yeah, the stigma for black men to get professional assistance when it comes oh, to there's like, a stigma across the board. There's yeah. even more of a stigma for men. And then, you know, that doesn't surprise me that even more so for black men, like yeah, yeah. it just, it all piles up that, that doesn't surprise me at all because everyone getting help, there's a stigma. Right. So. But it was just so good hearing him voicing that, just saying, like, oh, yeah. the reason yeah. why I'm such a good father, the reason why I'm such a good husband is because I went ahead and I talked to some people. And he's like, if you don't do that, you can have the house, you can have the car, you can have the money, you'll never be happy. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, this is just pivotal. I want to find this video because I know I'm butchering what he said, but the spirit is there. It, it just it's felt been going around. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I saw. It. Um, yeah, I think that I mean, I think that a lot, not all, but a lot of kids who dealt with like neglect, emotional abuse, physical. I, 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 I was not physically abused, but I would assume physical abuse as well. Um, but like I did deal with neglect and emotional abuse um, mm -hmm. from a parent. I think that you are more introspective and questioning of parenthood in general. And so you do more of that soul search. But if your if your childhood wasn't perfect, but it was kind of because no one's is. But like if it was more middle of the road, like some bad stuff happened, some good stuff happened, you know. I, I don't know if a lot or if you had a really good childhood like and, and there were very few bad things. I don't know if a lot of those people question parenting. Yeah, I wonder but, about but they that. Kind of get into it. Yeah, I mean, I, I wonder if, if that leads to apathy, you know, when you don't go through. Maybe. But then again, finding someone that hasn't gone through some type of childhood trauma at one point or another, of varying degrees, of course, is almost impossible. Yeah, yeah. You know, everybody's I mean, got something. I've, Oh yes, of course. And I but I've also met people that had like pretty relatively happy childhoods and then they are parents now and they're really great parents and like yeah. they're giving their kids the same thing. Like, you know, um they like like that's that's perfectly pot. It's not as if they're, you know, something's missing because they don't have more brokenness to them. It's like no, no, no it's just about <laughs> You know, I mean, at the end of the day, it's the quality of the person, too. It is. Um, it but is. I do think that, you know, if you've been through, like, I didn't, I, I always thought I didn't want kids for a really long time because 
I didn't think I could be a mother because of the things that happened to me mm-hmm. and um, because I didn't have a good mother. And you, I, as I got older and then like I did therapy and things like that, you kind of realize that um, you are the good mother. Like you become the thing that you didn't have. Yeah. Learn yourself. And, you know, my, my brother, um, I believe he did therapy or maybe it was just like a, talking to a friend or something along those lines and he was you know he has the same thing um but kind of with both parents um because we have different fathers and uh you know he was saying like you know you're kind of like frontiersman or whatever like you're you're building a thing from scratch you don't have i mean you kind of have some influences in your life and like you try to learn from them but you're also just like i don't know like I'm just building, ev- like I'm I'm building all of it right here and now. That's kind of how I feel too. Mm-hmm. Um, because even in the scenario of myself, like having a family and everything, if I were to have that, you know, uh, I don't have any gay influences in my life. Mm-hmm. Like I'm the one. <laughs> like there was a distant cousin or whatever that was apparently gay, but like I'm the only like openly openly (laughs) family member so like you know my family if i have one will look different from the other families within my distant family i was saying family a lot um (laughs) but you know it'll look very different um and so you kind of have to forge that path for yourself but there is a little bit of a freedom in that too and you I think that's another thing that like we don't think about when we worry about parenthood and becoming, you know, mothers, fathers. Um is there like a a non gendered parent name? You know, I'm gonna have to look into that. I'm not sure. I'll okay. be honest. Well, you know? Assume that I respect that name that you guys uh, if you subscribe to that or have friends who subscribe to that, um or or identify as that is a better word of saying it. Um, assume that that's under the umbrella as well. But like a parent, you know, um, you, you get to forge your own path. That's kind of cool. So like, I love that. I love that this this man is saying like he because he's doing that. Like he's like I'm doing the work, and I'm making, uh, I'm becoming a better parent. And then you're just gonna raise better kids too. Hold I on really, a second. That I want to I want to focus on what you just said there because that's beautiful. The way that you just put it, it's. You're setting, you're, you're trailblazing, you know, because you're, you're showing love for another human being in a way that hasn't been done to your knowledge and your family up until now. And it's all just jazz. It's all just like, yeah, you're doing it on the fly, you know, for, for, for better and worse, but mostly better because you can't break the, the rules. There are no rules. Right. Right. Um, and that's, you know, my my brother like my brother has children i don't have children obviously you guys know that um but like you know so he has like his wife and like her you know ideas of parenthood and everything like that and you know bringing that to the table as well but yeah like you you know you're just kind of figuring it out as you go like i've i've yeah. had that conversation with him a lot of times like i had never held a baby until my niece hmm. who's getting ready to turn 11 this month so, like, I had never held a child before her. Oh, wow. I wasn't Man. around children. Like, I, I that wasn't a thing. And, you know, like I said, for years, that wasn't a thing that I wanted. 
It wasn't until, like, their influence. I don't think my nieces and nephew will ever fully understand the impact that they had on my life. Oh. It's an interesting thing. Like, I don't think they'll ever quite understand how much they, like, cracked my heart open <laughs> and, like, made me, you know, a more empathetic and, and compassionate person toward children, toward parents, toward, you know, like, in, in families in general. Um, because when you allow yourself to love like that, even if they're not your kids, like, they're your nieces, nephews, cousins, kids, whatever... Mm-hmm. Like you really are like they're just seeing you for who you are. Yeah. And it's just a really unique relationship. And when they see you and they're just like they're just like, Okay, cool. I accept, I love, whatever. That's that's pretty wild. It's pretty great. That is pretty great. And yeah, as long as it's coming from a place of love, I mean, you know, you yeah. you're doing you're doing you're being the best parent that you can be. I saw something today. Um, someone mentioned that just the simple act of acknowledging a child is yeah. something that can make their day. Just, you know, not saying be creepy about it or anything. Just like, hey, little girl. You know what I mean? Just like yeah. waving yeah. and smiling and that sort of thing and just letting them know, like, hey, I acknowledge you. You exist. You're oh, a person in my that world. Every line that I'm ever stuck in, like, you know, pre. <laughs> Pre-end times, you know, I'm like, I see the kid in front of me. I'm like, I'm making funny faces at you, and you will laugh. I will get that laugh. <laughs> That's pretty great. Yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and but, sometimes you know, freedom, like humans, like people don't do that. that exactly. Bugs me. Yeah. Like, they want, they want that affection. They want human connection. They're, they're building everything. They're putting mm-hmm. everything together right now. And if you don't treat them like a full person, they're not going to grow. Exactly. That empathy has to be taught. That's just it. Absolutely. You know, we, yeah. we expect so much out of the the, the, the decision-making generation uh, right now. And it's like, well, hopefully they were loved growing up. I know that's I not know. 100%, that's but, uh, you know, that's not 100% the, um, the reason that certain choices are made. But hopefully, you know, they have that influence at least. And the decision-making generation, you're, you're, you're implying like boomers, right? Yep. Okay, yeah, yep, and yep, they yep. and they really weren't loved. Like, <laughs> like let's 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 be honest here. There is a lot missing for them. Yeah, they that's had that tough much love. more distant parents. Um, it's just a you know pre therapy generation. There, there's a lot of messed up shit there, right. and that doesn't excuse everything. Um, but yeah, and it's not saying like, and I, I'm not a parent by any stretch, but. I'm not even saying like coddle, you know, your kids or anything like that. But there's there's gonna there's gonna be learning on both ends. There's there's gonna yeah. be, you know, raising your kid and then learning about yourself when you raise a kid. Yeah, and you're not, ne- and you can never. My this is my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can ever truly be a um. A full, like, you, you need to, to transform into a full parent. I think you have to look at your parents as people. Yeah. Not just as your parents. And until you do that, you're not truly processing everything that you went through in your childhood, your trauma. Doesn't mean you have to forgive. Doesn't mean you have to, you know, look, whatever happened is, you, you have to deal with it your way you're dealing with it. But you have to 
break that bond and look at them as people. Yeah. And do that because until you do that, you're not going to see yourself in them. Mm-hmm. And it, until you see, okay, if I was in the position, what would I do, this and that, like, you're not going to be able to fully, like, embrace the situations that you will encounter as a parent, I think. I had um, a lot of cautionary examples growing up. Yeah. You know, I've, I've talked about um, my uncles very briefly on the yeah. show and just yeah. their run-ins with uh, authority. And, uh, <laughs> you know, right. I, I, I see the outcome. And as much as I love them, I also know that I don't want to end up that way. You know, oh, yeah. so Agreed. yeah, that that training comes in a lot of different forms. But you know, to to be the type of parent that I want to be, you know, to my child, it's like I have to discover what that is. Yeah, my, I now, have I have families full of divorce and treating their children horribly, and then their children become absolute assholes. Like, and yeah. and there are good ones in between, but like, there's a lot of bad. There's a lot of poison. Mm-hmm. And it's because people never dealt with shit, never right. talked about it, um, especially in that old school, like, uh, Italian and Irish Catholic family of you just, you fucking bury it all. You bury everything. And, you, mm. and then you go, you go to work at the job that you got and, you know, you take care of your kids and you, you just bury all your feelings and drink and like <laughs> go go to mass on sunday and yeah. that's it yeah yeah just that that legacy of of pushing stuff down it's time to break it and you know this is the yeah. generation to do it and so yeah. i was excited to see that that young man's uh message and yeah. he was he was preaching love and he was preaching understanding and i mean how old is he you think I couldn't even tell. I want to say he's probably in his late twenties. That's what I was guessing too. I was thinking about looking at things. Yeah. yeah. So I gotta, I gotta find that video to share with everybody because his message yeah. was very critical, especially right now with everything. You know, yeah. like it was just refreshing to see him saying the things he was saying, and uh, you know, just something for me to think about. Speaking of yeah. uh, things, I, I've, I've, I've got to think about a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> Ham-fisted segue. Apparently, last week we had a uh, technical difficulty with mm-hmm. the episode, and I just wanted to give a special shout-out to our, our friend uh, Denise for pointing that out to us when she was checking out the episode. It cut off like with 10 minutes left, so it was almost like a cliffhanger on a really bad TV show, but mm-hmm. you know, we, uh, we were able to salvage it, and I put the newer version out there, so thank you guys for your patience. Yeah, yeah. Always message us. Um, on one of the social medias, probably prefer Instagram if yeah. something goes wrong. Yeah. Uh, and I, either Matt will see it or I will let him know immediately, which is what happened. I saw it and I messaged him and he took care of it. So, yeah, please, please let us know if something like that ever happens. We appreciate it. It's a very small thank window, you, but yeah, thank you, Denise. It's a very small window uh, of when it went up versus, uh, you know, when the when Denise got in touch with us. So she was like right on there. Um, but there are a few people out of Spain that listened and I would hate for that to be their first experience with the show. Just like what, what they just, they just stop right there. What? Yeah. <sighs> we want to fix that as soon as possible <laughs> to make sure you guys get all of this. Exactly. Yeah. All this, all this good podcasting. <laughs> yeah. This, this high quality rambling of Lex who's 
clearly having a, a weekly existential crisis. That's all right. As long it's as we get it on on uh, on on record, it still counts yeah, as an episode. Yeah, some of it can go on record. Some of it cannot. No, you know, <laughs> that's the game we play, friends. So that was my shout out. Um, I see in the notes you had a shout out you wanted to give as well. Yeah. So last weekend I was on a podcast that um, it's it's very surreal that this is. Uh, happen so um there's a ravens podcast that's coming out and that's the name of that and i believe that's their their instagram handle i double checked it's called it's just ravens podcast uh and we will post when they have the episode out but basically um there are these uh two guys who they already have a podcast and they're launching a one tree hill podcast and Mm. that was partly inspired by a one tree hill podcast that i used to make before we did this show um, so they had me on there just to talk about One Tree Hill and, and, and welcoming them into this podcasting about this show kind of thing. Um, it was a lot of fun. It, it's very strange that, uh, to have, um, someone go, your podcast was the first podcast I ever listened to. And I started podcasting because of it. Wow. Yeah. That was very, uh, very cool. And very that is cool. Yeah. And I'm just excited to listen to it, just the like as a as a a fan of One Tree Hill, um, and as a fan of of their podcasting. So I, I'm just like excited to that they're going to start digging into this show every week, and 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 the format is one person has seen it, one person has not. So oh. that, that that's very fun, you know. Uh, so I'm on the first uh, or their zero episode or first episode. I'm not sure what exactly they're going to do with that. Uh, and it'll be out soon. We'll share it on all the social media. But in the meantime, go follow them at, at Ravens Podcast on Instagram, and they'll keep you posted on everything involved with that. But yeah, it was a real honor to be welcomed on that. And uh, yeah, I wish them well. And I'm going to be listening every week. Very cool. Yeah. It's always good to 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 be able to uh, you know just join some like-minded individuals and talk about one of your favorite shows. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's ge- geeky stuff. I love it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> man, oh, man. So, yeah, there's a desperate need of more entertainment right now. Thankfully, right. Yeah. they're releasing some things that we've uh, been waiting for. They've been bringing some things out that we had no idea uh, was going to happen. Um, but, yeah, very surprising. Like, um, were you ever uh, a watcher of the G4 video yes, game I network? Was. Okay. Yeah, I watched I watched Attack of the Show quite a bit. Ah, yeah, Attack of the Show, um, that old standard. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I watched some of X Play as well. I think. Yeah, yeah, um, I I watched a lot of G4 TV um, when it was first out. I was so excited that there was a. It was like, like a, a good after school throw it on show for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like uh, they had so many like different shows on there that were just kind of like filler in the middle yeah. of the day that I really enjoyed. Like, mm-hmm. uh, they had one that was a lot like mystery science theater, but instead of like looking at, uh, you know, public, uh, domain movies, they were mm-hmm. actually dipping into, uh, multiplayer games. Like, um, uh, what was it at the time? Uh, EverQuest and, uh, world of Warcraft, I think was just getting started at that time, but the show was called portal. Yeah. 
And it was before, of course, the, the game portal existed. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was just about this dude who was like in the middle of this multiverse and he was trying to keep things under control. It was a lot of fun. There was, uh, Cinematech, which is like this show that just kind of like showed you the high end, uh, digital animation that was coming out mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, Judgment Day, which was a show with, uh, I forget who one of the hosts was, but the other one was Tommy Tallarico. And he was, um, a composer that worked on a lot of, um, big games as the musician at the time, uh, as the, as the, you know, music composer for like Earthworm Jim and stuff like that. And he went on to put on those video games live concerts that would, mm-hmm. uh, you know, go tour around the country and everything. Uh, yeah, just stuff like that. But my, my favorite show on the channel, uh, it wasn't Attack of the Show. It was something, um, oh my goodness. They had a show that, and the name always escapes me. Well, basically it was like a magazine show and it would give you like the history of how certain, um, certain games were made and stuff like that. Like Nolan gotcha. Bushnell was, was one of the focuses on one episode. And of course, you know, Shigeru Miyamoto and stuff like that. But it was, um, it was a good, it was a good show. And I, I yeah, it just wasn't like a network that survived. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was too they, niche. Yeah, they, they, they merged with a lot of people. They got bought out a couple times. Like, I know that they got bought out by Esquire, and they tried to keep them yeah. alive. And then, uh like, UFC wanted to buy them for some reason. It was a weird time. Yeah, I don't know. I just remember the Esquire thing. It was like, G4 is officially dead. Right. <laughs> it's network for guys now. And then they just started showing reruns of Cops all the time. Oh, like, yeah, right. I remember that. It, it was cops all the time. Jesus. All the time, yeah. Yeah, was that was like, weird. Okay, time to go. <laughs> yeah, one time, I mean, they were kind of a big deal. They were the, the North American broadcaster of the Marvel anime shows that were coming out at the time, uh, back in 2010. Uh, you know, like, I think they could have parlayed it to an anime network if they really wanted to keep that, that demo. But, yeah, they just kind of let it slip away. Yeah. But anyway, the reason I bring it up, they're coming back some way, somehow. They made a, a, a tweet on accounts that had long been deactivated, and people yeah, just forgot to unfollow. That's so <laughs> weird to me. Yeah. That they're just like, yep, we're bringing G4 back. I'm assuming it's going to be like YouTube or something like that. It would kind of have to be. I mean, if they're going to consider themselves like at the forefront of digital entertainment and stuff, yeah, just having a straight-up TV channel. Really no, it, it. it might be a, you know, TV exclusive on YouTube TV or something like that. But no, it's not going to be a regular channel. Yeah. And now with all the game streaming that's going on, I mean, it's just like it's a great pl- it's a great time for them to get involved with airing that esports and, you know, just the let's play stuff. Yeah, they play that shit on TBS now. Yeah, exactly. So it's time for G4 to rise from the ashes and reclaim mm-hmm. their throne, which they never really had. But that's OK. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. We'll see what they do. The the weird thing about it is, and what what concerns me, is that all the old hosts, like including like a, Olivia Munn from Attack of the Show, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Pereira, they they didn't hear anything about it. Nothing at all. It was all a surprise to them. So either they're playing really coy about it, or you know they're just trying to launch this without them. The third option is somebody just hacked these accounts and put out some type of fake video. Oh, my God. I kind of want it to be that now. Because, <laughs> you know, we're, we're in ever, we're in ever present state of having too much time on our hands right now. Somebody could yeah. just be trolling us. We don't know. That would be so, great. Yeah. There's a, um, one of the guys in the New Day is campaigning to be a host of one of the shows on there because he's a huge gamer. 
uh, Austin yeah. Creed, and he's he's been campaigning for years to bring back Nick Arcade, and so he's oh, parlaying yeah. that to this now. He's like, look, if you're bringing back G4, I'm ready. Hire me. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I, that's great. I want to see that. We wish him well. I kind of <laughs> hope it was hacked though, because that sounds pretty pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't care about G4. Like, that feels like a time in my life where I'm like, eh, whatever. Yeah, it's like Pogs or Newgrounds.com or, like, you know, Strong Bad. Like, I I used to love stuff like that, but, yeah, it's in the same vein. So, like, I love Metalocalypse when it was on, but I can't really foresee myself watching that again at this point. Yeah, you know, sometimes you have to accept that you can't go back to certain things. Very true. <laughs> Old TV shows and stuff like that. Yeah, they don't. Yeah. They don't always age the best. No. Um, what are you watching these days? Are you checking anything out? Okay. Shameful admission. I'm yeah. watching the show The Ranch on Netflix. The that, Ranch. Like, it's like not the blue cheese. I'm sorry. No, it's the. Uh, you're a terrible person. It's the Ashton Kutcher like comedy show. Like um, comedy. Yes. Like it, it's like a sitcom, just a straight up sitcom. It's it's just dumb. I don't know why I like it, but it's just kind of like calming because it's just like a like an old school sitcom that yeah. Ashton Kutcher made like a bunch of seasons of. So it's just sitting there. I'm like, all right, I watched. I'd watched some of it before, but like, I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna watch The Ranch. Yeah, you know, Netflix does that thing to you. Where it's like, continue watching. You're like, why the fuck not? Okay, sure. Yeah, bitch, I'm depressed. <laughs> Keep playing it. It's just like, hey, do you want to continue watching this show that you're watching? Like, all right, I, I guess I'll finish this off. Okay. Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah. Okay. One day I'll go back and finish Dark when I feel like, you know, being confused for yeah, 16, 17 hours. Yeah, I've never even hours. watched it because... Yeah. yeah. I watched The Sinner as well. That was recommended to me. Holy shit, that show was good. That first What's, season? The Sinner, oh. I don't think I've heard of that one. Oh my god! It's uh, apparently a USA show, and okay. Jessica Biel is in the first season. Oh, that one! Oh, oh, oh you know dude, what's messed up? I watched the first season of that. It's good. It's <laughs> it really good. good. It is good. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, second yeah. season was okay. I haven't seen the third because they don't have it on Netflix yet. Mm, it's got a third season. See, I fell off after the first season because I'm like, I don't know where they're going after it, this. There, <laughs> it's anthology, so it's all different stories, but oh. they're keeping Bill. Uh, Bill Pullman's character. Interesting. So okay. he's the tie to, to everything. So they're doing kind of a Fargo thing where it's like, yeah, it's the same world and we're just, you know, keeping certain yes. aspects. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's the same world, but um, and the second the second season is like a cult kind of thing. Uh, I don't know anything about the third season. Hmm. But okay. I know it's it was out earlier this year and it's done. I just gotta wait for it to come out. Um, okay. And I per- uh, the person who recommended it to me said that the third season's better. So. I will have to take in a the look. Second. Not in, I, the first one was just really well done. Yeah, yeah. I forget. Did you watch Umbrella Academy, the first season? Yes. Yeah, I okay. haven't seen any of this new one, though. All right. Did you enjoy the first season of it? Yeah, I remember I remember liking it. Okay. I didn't love it, but I liked it. Yeah, for some reason, I thought you had like a, a hard time getting into it. Like, I didn't know if you finished it or not. I think it was kind of like... I don't remember, honestly. Yeah, but... I remember watching the first season. I was really impressed by it. Of course, Ellen Page was great. You know, yeah. um, it's just it's just good to see her in a project. Period. Like I really enjoy her. Um, she doesn't work as much as you'd think she would. 
Yeah, for somebody who was like at one point just like the next big thing, you know, after Juno and everything. It's like you barely see her. But there's a um a thing, I think it's actually I don't think it would she would be the one that would qualify for it, but there's like a supporting actress curse kind of thing where your career mm. if you she didn't win, but like I guess it's like if you win supporting actress, your career is kind of fucked after. These, yeah, that's such a weird thing, man. It is a weird thing, but if you look into it, there's a lot of, I, I don't know. I think a lot of times when that happens, it's it's kind of the same. Like, Ellen Page was nominated for Junior she was really young. Yeah. And so, like, a lot of those supporting actresses uh, are very young. And so, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to determine where their career is going to go. And you hit that peak really early. That's yeah. tough to come back from. Women just get such a shitty time in Hollywood, period. I mean, it's just, you, you see, like, all right. In Hollywood? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the confines of this conversation, specifically yeah. that, Blaine, yes. Like, I feel confident enough to speak on that. <laughs> there are more um, women in power, more women creating production companies. Actually, Elizabeth Moss just uh, started her own production company, and they signed a bunch of deals. Like, mm. she's going to be making a lot of cool shit soon. Wow, something to look forward to? That's yeah. really good. Yeah. Cool. Well, the reason I brought up Umbrella Academy Season mm-hmm. 2, I enjoyed it immensely. I thought it was better than the first season, as far as coherent okay. storytelling goes. Um, I think it's still pretty closely tied to the story that they had going on in the comics. I never now, read it. Yeah, neither did I, but, you know, I, I like to go back after the fact and just kind of, like, see where it diverged. Like, a lot of times, <laughs> I like to read the source material uh, before I watch a show or at least shortly after I watch a show. But in the case of Umbrella Academy, like, I tried reading the comic. Yeah. It's so out there in a very Gerard yeah. Way type of way. So I just kind of go, all right, I get it. Uh, I enjoy the show and this is my lane. I'm sticking to that lane. Uh, so yeah, I just, I go back on YouTube and I'm like, all right, let's see what the differences are now between these two stories. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. I do that whenever it's a, um, an adaptation. Yeah. Like I, it's just fun to do. It's fun. Yeah. To just yeah like, it is fun. I just watched a truly shitty movie over the weekend and, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's this Kevin Bacon movie. Uh, you should have left, I think, or something oh, like that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Have you seen it? I haven't, but I, I kept okay. seeing it advertised, and I kept saying, this sounds like a movie that was made up to be in another movie. Yeah, like it's bad. Like, Kevin Bacon's an actor, and this is a movie yeah. he was in. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> and then I looked up, like, the book versus the movie, and it sounds like they were both bad, but whatever. Oh. <laughs> it's, it, I mean, it's like a ripoff of The Shining. Damn. Basically. Yeah. And, okay. uh, yeah, no. That's, Amanda no. Seyfried deserves better. Doctor Sleep was enough of a ripoff of The Shining. We're good. I liked Doctor Sleep. I couldn't get with it. I liked it. It just felt too like derivative of the source material. Like I know I that uh, uh, I didn't have high expectations though, so I don't yeah. know how much that affected it. Yeah, I mean, of course, the original author wrote the the book it's based on and everything, but it's a very different yeah, man. Yeah, it's like a less coked up version of it. Right, he's a very different man. <laughs> he's like, yeah. he's a dad, and a, you know. <laughs> yeah. He actually finished Dark Tower for goodness sakes. He's a different yeah. author altogether. So yeah, I mean it was it was okay, but it just really felt like a greatest hits for some reason. I don't know. Oh yeah, I I understand that. I was like, look everybody, here's that carpet. Here's that carpet that Stanley <laughs> Kubrick was all about. Look at it. There it is again. The blood is coming out of the. 
<laughs> Elevators. <laughs> I feel bad because it's like those scenes probably take so long to set up and clean up. Mm-hmm. And it's only on screen for like 10 seconds at best. And they, and they refilmed that. Like they didn't use old footage. That's crazy. <laughs> so between that and um, Cabin in the Woods mm-hmm. and, and Dr. Sleep, yeah, there have been three instances at least of blood flowing out of elevators. So, yeah, yeah. weird shit. Anywho. Um, oh, if you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, everybody, go check that out. That's a good horror flick. That I yeah, that movie upset me. I wasn't a fan. It, it just creeped me out. Ugh, it, no. it is very upsetting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wait, no, I'm thinking of Cabin Fever. I haven't seen Cabin in the Woods. Never mind. Oh, Cabin in the Woods. I forget who directed that one, but it was kind of like a spoof of a lot gotcha. of different horror tropes. In in the vein of like Scream, you know? Gotcha, yeah. I, and yeah. I love Scream, so maybe I'd like that. But yeah, I was thinking of Cabin Fever. <laughs> Yeah, that was 2011. Drew Goddard directed that. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's got a uh, it's got Chris Hemsworth in it, Kristen Connolly. Yeah, I I know that now. I haven't seen it though. Okay, yeah, I want to go check it out again. I haven't seen it in a while. I think I got it on DVD. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Umbrella Academy season two, big thumbs up. Okay. Um, of, of course, it, end, it ended on a cliffhanger because they expect to come back, you know, for season three. But yeah. man. It was great. I really thought they did a better job of just cleaning up the story, addressing things that needed to, to, to be addressed, and just making you actually like the characters a lot more. I think they uh, they may have learned a lot from Doom Patrol in their time off, which is a, a, a very comparable project in my eyes. You know? Mm-hmm. Just the same, like, group yeah. of losers, you know, just trying to be a family. So, yeah, I I, I, I really enjoyed it. Anyway. So, what else are you watching? Uh, that's about it. Like, that's what I've been watching. Just yeah. like, I watched The Sinner. I just finished that. So I know you're not a big cartoon person, but I enjoyed uh, Close Enough on HBO Max. Um, it's it's a, a show that's produced by the guy that was behind the regular show on Cartoon Network. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't sound like a, a shining endorsement right now, but... Regular show managed to sneak a lot of adult themes into that show because they figured nobody was really paying attention to their little 15-minute episodes about a bird and a, and, a, and a raccoon hanging out. And they were yeah. right. Only the fans were watching, and we weren't snitching. So it yeah, got away I, with a lot of stuff. <laughs> I tend to like more adult uh, cartoons like or, or mid, mid-range ones like Bob's Burgers. Uh, I liked Avatar, stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's a little. I wouldn't say it's quite at that maturity level, but it's it's almost there. Like if they'd have taken mm-hmm. themselves a little bit more seriously, um, it it would have ended up on Adult Swim or like Fox or something like that. Yeah, but yeah. They they did tone down a lot of things. Uh, like there's there's always something like supernatural that happened on every episode of that. But the reason I bring that up is because the the creator uh, made Close Enough, which is about his life basically it's kind of cool um he's not a he's not a cartoonist he's a, he's a video game creator and he's married and he, they have a kid and they're living in a situation where they're in a house full of people and just trying to make ends meet typical sitcom tropes but you know it's just got so much just humor mm-hmm. in it it's it's worth checking out in my eyes it's uh a really short first season i think they were kind of testing the water 
And I hope they do more because it was really enjoyable. Oh, that's cool. Mm. Yeah. I don't know it's, anything about it. Really. Got such a forgettable name, though. That's the problem. Just close enough, you know? Yeah. That's rough. Oddly enough, regular show is something like, okay, I'll remember that because that sounds odd. Regular show. What's that about? But yeah, close enough is like, all right. I think it's it hard to stand like, out with any name nowadays. That's true. Everything's pretty much been done in that yeah. regard. But, yeah. You have to basically yeah. use the same name or whatever. Like You're just kind of screwed. <laughs> just call your show Dallas, but not Dallas. <laughs> just call your show Fort Worth. <laughs> They'll get it. <laughs> Mad joke, Men. Guys. That's the only Texas joke I got. There you That's go. <laughs> 9021. One oh. has nothing to do with Aaron Spelling whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not even Beverly Hills. It's just some other place. I'm I'm, I'm amusing myself right now. I'm going to stop. Yeah, so, yeah. on that note... <laughs> We've been podcasting for two hours, guys. Can you tell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're becoming goofs. Yep, 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 yep. Mm. All right, folks. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, yeah. Of course, you know... If you're just joining us now, what the fuck? Um, yeah, that's what did you weird. do? Something yeah. wrong? Very odd. Are you a time traveler? <laughs> Please Marie- tell us something good happens soon. Yeah, we need some good news. But uh, rewind to the beginning if you want to hear the wall of weird, because that's where all yeah. that goofy stuff was right there. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, thank you guys for listening once again. Uh, follow us on all the social medias at Lex and Matt. Um, there will be news about the Chicago Nerd uh, Comedy Festival coming very soon. Uh, we can tell you now it's going to be digital this year. Yeah. Uh, so that's a big deal. Stay tuned for that. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, that's all I got. At Lex and Matt, across the board, follow us, rate, review, subscribe. That helps us share with your friends. Go uh, become a patron if you can. If you can't, tell people. Give us a review. Share our stuff. All that. All that. Mm-hmm. All right, folks. I'm Matt Peters. And I'm Lex Lutz. Be excellent to each other. Yeah. Bye.